Jackson gave me the news of a planet far away And Colonel O'Neill will assemble a team that will try to save the day Dr. Sam has a master plan and a science attitude And the Jaffa Teal is part of the deal with his trusty Goa'uld It's just a regular day, it's Gate Command And it might be hard to understand Welcome back, everybody, to Three Fry Short. Hello. 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 This <laughs> is our most a- favorite episode that we are going to be ever doing, <laughs> just so anyone knows. We are very excited about this one. It's a filler episode. I mean, kind of. Like, there's there's some... It's not a bad episode. It's no. there's like a, it's a fluff kind of episode. Um, I remember I just saw a meme or something where it was like, remember when TV shows were 20 or seasons were like 26 episodes long? And it's yep. like, all right. I think I sent it to you guys. You it's like yeah. RIP to like the fluff filler episodes. Yeah. But for um, real, like I miss those days because now it's just like, bam, 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 some bam, everything yeah, in your face all the time. stories that well, don't really get told much anymore. I think like the important there are important things that this episode talks about, mm-hmm. but in hindsight, knowing what is the next episode is like that's just yeah. what we want to be talking about. Pales in comparison, correct? Yes. And for reference, we are talking about season two, episode fourteen, Touchstone, yep. which honestly I had totally forgotten existed <laughs> until my rewatch, and I was like, "Why well, do this? This episode is intriguing." And a yes, we will get into that. It's yeah, it's so it's so wonderful. I forgot it existed. <laughs> it's it's not that it's a bad episode. No, it's just it's a necessary it's a necessary episode to branch a storyline or kind of go a direction. But that's that was its point. It's just a fork in the road kind of go. episode. All right. All right, all right. So, you guys want to get into it? We're just going to jump right in. Yep. So this episode opens up in the briefing room, and they're discussing this planet that they've been to called Madrona. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam and Daniel are talking about how the inhabitants of this planet are able to control their weather with just like a little twitch of the did lip. You, did you guys notice the like dark undertone or overtone? Well, I don't know the word, Rebecca, and so nobody come for me. But like <laughs> I, there's the, this. But there's this ominous, like, everyone's got this intense, like, light on them, and this very interrogation-esque. It's, like, kinda such like, a weird tone. Kind of noir. Or yes, like, yes, yeah. yes. There's a particular scene, and I even have it in the note, where I'm just like, what is light? Like, there was no... I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what is this? This is so bizarre, like, a bizarre choice, or, like, they just shot it badly, and they're like, well, we can't get the shot again, so we'll figure it out. It's... Anyway. Okay. It's interesting to think about television shows and directors. And I've, yes. I've started noticing and in, in thinking about it more actually because of there's a podcast that um, Garrett Wong and Robert Duncan McNeil run about Voyager called the Delta Flyers. They, they played Harry Kim and Tom Paris on Voyager. Oh, cool. Um, and they've, they've started going back and rewatching all of Voyager and they talk about it, but they talk about it from like behind the scenes, you know, too, and talking about the different directors and how they knew their styles and what they wanted and like how they were going to be and like their lighting and what lenses they preferred to use and everything. It's just interesting to think about in the television world, because I think I take it for granted a lot of times when I'm watching things that like these television directors also have their own, like, yeah, yeah. you know, well, the so way like- they direct something. So so this one, I just Googled it. And sorry, if you guys hear uh, like little noises in the background, it's Tux eating his cat food. So I'm sure that's going to come up in a very strange way on <laughs> crunch, my audio. <laughs> so just letting you guys know, it's the it's kitty cat eating their food. I'm not going to tell him to stop. Um, but it's Brad Turner, which he did Thor's Hammer, Hathor, Tokra. Okay. So it's just interesting that... 
tone of uh, the light. Anyway, back to the light choice. If you haven't seen this episode or it's been a while, like you guys should go back and just watch even the first segment. It's just interesting. The like ominous. Yeah. Like noir, like vibe. It felt like Weird. what the fuck's happening? What, are they in trouble? What's going on? Anyway, back so to it. they can basically control their own weather and they're primitive. The, the people that live there are primitive um, so that they, they conclude like Sam concludes that the planet was terraformed about 900 years ago by some more advanced race mm-hmm. um, and that this device that controls the weather, they call it the touchstone. Um, and Sam refers to it as the most important piece of technology the SGC mission has discovered to date. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, it's really powerful. If you could just control the weather like that, it's like, you don't like what a country is doing, just dial up like a monsoon and send Mm -hmm. it over to wherever. It's terrifying. Like, yeah, like, it's a lot of power. So, Enteal confirms that the ghoul don't have this technology. So, it's not ghoul technology. Um, common space person knowledge you know (laughs) coming in he can confirm so they want to go back to study this device and hammond mentions he's like hey can we like borrow it maybe like take it on loan but sam (laughs) tells him no because it maintains the weather Mm -hmm. on this planet without this device it could have catastrophic and we see that results like it's it wouldn't be good so they go back through the gate and this high priest and princess are pissed they're like oh you're back. Give us give us our shit back because you stole it. And SG1's confused. Um, but the Madronans confirm that people came through the gate dressed like their dress with the same weapons that they have, same gear, and they stole the touchstone. So things get a little bit hostile and they try and take SG1's weapons. Jack has this I funny line. This. He's like, all right, we came here in peace. We expect to go in one. Peace. <laughs> um, I also like the costumes are not it for me. The costumes. Um, I'm gonna send are, you guys a picture real quick. Because it made me <laughs> are like if you're going to a intergalactic luau with white a, people with a basic white <laughs> with a basic yeah. white bitch. Like that's so, what this is. Are you guys familiar with the game Spyro the Dragon? Yes. Yes. It. I'm going to send you a, a picture in the group chat. Um, it made the the chief guy made me oh, think yeah. of this enemy <laughs> in Spyro. It's the nice. magic crafters guy with the staff. He kind of looks like I uh, don't know what, but that's what the guy. That's what the main guy looks like. Um, I, it's, it's like totally they went like it. this kind of Polynesian style, but like yeah. it's very white people. Like, yeah. very white very it makes no sense no yeah because if you're wearing that attire you would assume you're like wearing it because you're hot you're in the sun which means your skin would be tan which means you'd have a darker complexion it doesn't make sense in no. any way no but it, at least for the context of this episode like they don't really matter like the, it, the the focus of this episode is not really on the people of this planet um so you're right. saying they just like dug in the the they costume, like, but yeah, the, like, the, yeah, the like cool. box in the back, like what do we got? <laughs> gonna fart out whatever you know. Like there you go. There's the people of the planet. Like these we don't were really used care. on that show across the way just uh, you know last week, so we can use yeah. these again. Um. So there's this piece of dialogue, um, which I thought was insane because if the shoe were on the other foot. I don't think it would have gone over as well. Um, so the, the high priest Roham says, you know, well, well, SG-1 first, they promise, like, okay, we'll fix this. Like, we'll find out what happened and we'll bring your touchstone back to you. And Roham is like, how do we know you're just not going to, like, run away and not come back and leave us screwed? Valid question. And to which mm-hmm. Jack replies, trust us? Like, with an attitude, like, duh, you just have to trust us, man. Had the shoe been on the other foot, Jack would not have trusted them. No. Like, that's a tall order coming from you, Jack. Like... You know what I envision at this point is like I'm thinking about those times where Jack uh, or where um, Richard Dean Anderson was like talking with Brad Wright about the times where he would just go off script or say things or like not say things. I feel like that was a very like RDA thing to like throw in there like trust us like give us some attitude. I don't know. When I see scenes like that now I think of when he's like yeah early on I was kind of a little bit of a 
troublemaker on the set. I feel like yeah. that, I feel like that's something he would have said. Anyway. And the way he said it, like the inflection, yeah. it's just, just like, you trust us. That's how, duh. Like, dummy. Like it's not it's that like, easy. You, yeah, exactly. Like, they're screwed and you just want them to let you walk away. Mm, you would not have uh, afforded someone the same leniency that that well, you're asking for. But even like after the next line, like I'm just looking at like the notes you put in the what the princess said about how we're simple people. We have no means to protect ourselves from this disaster. If my uncle decides to trust you this day, our entire future will depend on it. And he's just like, well, that's a little pressure, but we can handle that. Like just kind of like nonchalant, like NBD, like we got this. We've done this we'll a million times. Yeah. We'll be all right. Anyway. So we have the opening credits and SG-1 return home and Jack meets with Hammond where they have this very interesting discussion. Uh, would you guys like to read O'Neill yeah, and sure. Hammond? I'll be O'Neill. You can do Hammond. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you got you to get that accent out. Okay. All right. <clears throat> the touchstone was stolen, sir, by people wearing SGC uniforms who came and went through the Stargate. What? Well, who was it? Everyone involved here would like to know that, sir. I don't appreciate your implication, Colonel. Why would I send your team to study the thing if I knew it wasn't there? No implication intended, sir. But circumstances do beg the next logical question, which is, could any of the other SG teams have gone through without your order? Nothing happens regarding that Stargate without my knowing about it. If a person sneezes near it, I get a report. So that last line is like a really good one. <laughs> could you imagine... Oh, God. Like someone, someone literally sneezes like a an alarm thing and a goes sensor off. goes off. Yeah. <laughs> they have to write a report about Wait. it. Yeah. Um, but I liked this because in Jack's, I mean, it's it's meant to sound like a roundabout way, but he's basically saying like, "What's the what's the deal, Hammy? Like, what's mm -hmm. going on? Are you doing some covert shit and like leaving us out in you know to deal yeah. with like you know." Are you getting orders elsewhere? Like, what's going on? Um, so Jack suggests, like, let Carter run some tests just to make sure. Um, and he's kind of reluctant at first. And he, that, he says a thing about, like, no one sneezes near it. Um, <laughs> but he, he allows it. He tells Jack, you know, let her run her tests, see what we find out, just to be safe. Um, in the meantime, there is strange weather happening across the country. Uh, there's record rainfall in Albuquerque, golf ball size hail in the panhandle, and three major rivers are cresting, just to name a few. There's other stuff going on elsewhere. Which nowadays sounds totally normal in our modern <laughs> weather world. Totally. Yeah. Like, it's no big that, deal. But listening to that, I was like, was that weird back then? Because it's not weird yeah. now. But not I guess that all. was very weird back then. I forget about that. Our weather has changed a lot. Anyway, continue. The the, the yeah. dystopian timeline that we're now living in. Yes. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> um, so they believe that the touchstone is here on Earth, causing all of these shenanigans. Um, and since it's not calibrated to Earth's atmosphere, that's why like things are all haywire. Because mm -hmm. it was calibrated to this other planet's atmosphere, and that's what it's used to. And then it's wreaking all this havoc on Earth. So... After, like, a bunch of silly, like, techno, like, ooh, it's in the tertiary layer of coding they <laughs> forgot to delete, Sam finds the glitch in the system at the exact same time SG-2 was returning from a mission. She says, these readings suggest that someone might have been using the second gate a split second after SG-2 used ours, and they hide the energy spike in ours. So they bring up the second gate, they kind of have this conversation of, like, mm -hmm. well, you know, like, Remember, like, what happened when the gate was overloaded? You were spit out in Antarctica. Yeah. So she she does her whole, like, funny, like, decoding, deep, you know, hacking of, of <laughs> how they tried to cover it up. And she confirms that the, I don't know what, why is it? Energy the, signatures, maybe? So you, <laughs> I was having a rough day. Spelling was Entertainment hard. Entertainment signatures. The, the signatures mean... match the second <laughs> gate was used. <laughs> whatever sarah says i'm gonna go with energy energy signatures yeah. Yeah. i like it um so daniel said who would have been authorized to use the second gate i thought it had been officially decommissioned and then o'neill's like ominously it was officially, officially. Mm. <clears throat> he's real sassy this whole episode he's real 
Yeah. So he goes back to Hammond. And this is funny because he's trying to like get the president on his red phone. And we get this he's is so like, good. he says the line of like, do you know what color this phone is? Like he's he is <laughs> like the equivalent of name dropping. He's like, do you know? Like, do you know who I am? And you know what like, color this okay, phone I'll is? Wait. Like he's getting the runaround. And that's all of a sudden. Like, the president is just completely unavailable and cannot talk to him. And this is where, like, we kind of get into it. He says... What do we want to read through it? Uh, yeah. Go for it. All right. See you. This is gonna sound paranoid, Colonel. Back when the SG program began, there was a philosophical skirmish about its mandate. Some people wanted to make sure that any and all discoveries were brought back regardless of considerations like interplanetary diplomacy. Do you mind if I ask who these some people were? Well, the truth is, I'm not sure if I ever fully knew who they were. I had a feeling that someone chose not to surface during the debate. Not military, politicians pulling the strings behind the scenes. No one said so exactly. 30 years in the service, you develop an instinct about these things. General, is your gut telling you that this group, person, whatever, is responsible for stealing the touchstone? I'm a long way from drawing that conclusion, but I'll be damned if I'll be blocked by some sycophant in the White House. I have other channels I can pursue, markers I can call in. General, I know I don't have to tell you this, but whoever these dark side guys are, they can do some pretty nasty damage if they figure out how this thing works. How to work this thing. (laughs) I know, Colonel. I know. Let me do some digging. (laughs) So, go ahead. This is... I think I'll wait till the end, but this kind of encompasses my major gripe with the episode. Um, so I'm going to put a pin in that. We'll we'll revisit this. Okay. Um, but Hammond talking about like the philosophical, like what was it? What did he say? The philosophical mandate. So like, mm-hmm. what is the purpose of the SGC, mm-hmm. and like, what philosophy are we going to follow? So that's mm. kind of like my gripe, and we'll we'll return to that. Okay. Um, but they're basically alluding like there's some shady third party out there that is pulling these strings, and they're they're not following our our philosophy here at the SGC. Um, which made so I was talking to Adam about this, and I'm not sure. Like when they say civilian group, like what are is like the CIA considered a civilian? group or like cia nsa like they're not military but i wouldn't consider them civil like they're still part of the government so i don't understand what that means so someone fill me in the easiest way to think about it is and maybe i'm totally wrong so please someone email us yes (laughs) at at three fry short podcast at gmail.com yeah that's the um, word three. The word, word three. But it's um my understanding of like when we're talking civilian is that it's uh private financial people that I would like think Jeff Bezos, think those groups that then buy other groups that then have like all of that. So they're not part of any government thing, but they buy or they support um people who lobby politicians, so they influence political decisions by hiring lobbyists to push agendas in government. So the CIA is civilian. Okay. That's what I, because I was, yeah, that's what my main question was, is like, because when, Mm. when I think about it, like military clearance and military like power, I feel like that, you know, in our country, that's like the highest level of, authority and clearance that you could get like when they say civilian it just sounds so odd to me because like i think civilian of like me and you and like i have no fucking power in this system but i guess money buys power and so merriamwebster.com defines a civilian (laughs) as one not on active duty in the armed armed services or not on a police or firefighting force Okay, there you go. I wonder if that clues EMS. Maybe I'm not a civilian. (laughs) But then it makes me wonder, and like this is just how my brain works, but it's like if the CIA is run by a civil, like it's considered civilian, where do they Mm -hmm. get their funding from? Is that funded by the government or I don't know? Just, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's task force, there's things that are funded through different 
um, budgets and initiatives. Yeah. I mean, there's, hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. How but you have to think about it, but like, even, works. but even like schools are funded by mm-hmm. the government. Yeah. But then they also have like private donors that Correct. whatever, you know, so, okay. just interesting how it all shakes out. Um, yes. So Sam finds a way to track down the touchstone by tracking the weather patterns that are changing. And she deserves, she determines that it's in Nevada somewhere, which is coincidentally where the second gate ended up. Um, and that's also where they ship off all the technology to mm-hmm. that they come back with. And it's also where Mayborn has been reassigned coincidentally. Oh, oh I love yeah. the scene where Hammond's like, and guess who just got reassigned there? Yeah. Mayborn. Like, <laughs> so recurring character that we mm-hmm. he's coming back. I think this is like his third-ish appearance. Um yeah. so they check back in on Madrona and it's basically a blizzard. Uh they say like the wind is up to 80 miles an hour and it's getting really intense. And if they don't fix it, they say, you know, if they don't fix this within like 48 hours, basically like, well, they're toast. Like we got to fix it or they're screwed. Um, and then what we have, okay. So this is where they're trying to figure out like, okay, how do we go to this mm-hmm. base? This is called Nellis where, or area 51. Um, like how are we just going to like show up? Like, what do we do? So there's this dialogue. Um, I'll be Hammond. And then yeah. Rebecca, you can just be Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Hammond says, okay, I'll call the commander at Nellis and get you cleared. Uh, General, it's become pretty obvious that our own people are involved here. The government types, you know. How do you know who you to... Oh, cannot talk. How do you know who to trust? We already have the necessary clearance level, sir. So Hammond's like putting two and two together. He's like, Colonel, I need some documents hand-delivered to the Groom Lake facility. Are those documents sensitive enough to warrant a three-man team with a Jaffa escort? (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. So yeah, so they're they're kind of like, okay, we need to be sneaky here because clearly mm-hmm. something is going on that we're not aware of. Who knows who is involved in this? So we need to be a little covert in our actions and our like how we conduct ourselves because who knows what's going on and who is part of it. So they arrive at this base and they talk to Colonel Reynolds. And this is where I was like, what is light? Because <laughs> there's this entire scene where they're outside, like they get out of the truck and it's all like, they're all in shadow. Like it's all like, it's the weird. background is like overexposed and they're just all talking in shadow. And I don't know if that was a purposeful choice to be like, ooh, shadow, like smoke and mirrors, <laughs> shadow, like cloak and dagger shit. Um <laughs> But it was, I was like, what is that? It was probably the director going like, oh, we're talking about, like you said, like a covert, Mm -hmm. you know, part of the government. So let's make it really noir looking whenever we can. Because like the whole episode, yeah, it just has that like thing to it. Yep. Although I just realized nobody can actually see what I just did on the Zoom (laughs) call. So... I did a really just imagine hand just imagine we're actually all in noir lighting right now it's just it's very dramatic looking spotlight Uh uh-huh right across the eyes and that's it yes yeah some blind (laughs) shadows going on (laughs) sorry Sarah they're led through this facility and this is kind of this is again where all of the things that they bring back that's where they send it to to have it studied so it's like oh that that heliopolis meaning of life stuff place that you went to like where that's in that room and like oh here's the glider that you came back with mm-hmm. when you were heroes that's in this other room here like it's kind of it's kind of like boring when you think about it like it feels like they're going through like a school hallway with like bulletin Mm -hmm. boards and it's like this is depressing this is not fun at all this makes me feel like but it's true like this is how how it it works like this is where important decisions and shit happens and i feel like i'm in a high school (laughs) weird weird so um this there was a funny exchange where they're brought into like this other this laboratory and jack says is this where you're keeping the little green men and the one guy he says there are no alien life forms at area 51 and then jack looks at teal and he's like present company excluded of course but (laughs) it's funny the way he said it and i just 
rewatched Avatar The Last Airbender, but it was very much, there is no war in Ba Sing Se. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> there um, is nothing. Yeah. So then we meet up with Mayborn. He comes in and... <laughs> This episode does give us this line, which is fantastic. So, least we forget, the last time we saw Mayborn, he was trying to hunt down Teal'c and and keep Teal'c so he could change into a bug man. Um, So there's that unresolved stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And he comes up to Teal'c and says, Teal'c, it's good to see you well. And and (laughs) Teal'c kind of just walks up to him with his stoic, like, resting bitch face he says, in my culture, it will be well within my rights to dismember you. And he just walks away. I just like I that line is in the top five, like famous lines from pretty good. The show It's a good one. It's <laughs> always when Mayborn is involved because you have always. that epic Sam line when she's like, you're an idiot every day of the week. Could you take <laughs> one day off? Like it's always Mayborn or like when Jack runs out of the gas station and he yells like you rat bastard. Like it's always Mayborn. Always yep, like, Mayborn. He just elicits the the best. You love responses. to hate him, and it's you do, got the great you, lines. You do love to hate him all the way to the very end. Yep, they write him well. Not like Kinsey, who you just hate. Like right. Oh yeah. Maybe, but may, at this point, even Mayborn is like you still just hate him. But like he's slimy. Yeah. yeah. But as the show goes on, it becomes this much more interesting of a dynamic. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 he does like. He he does do good things, yeah. but it's always like, what's the catch? I'm suspicious. This is sus. Yeah. So they come right out with it. They're like, all right, Mayborn, what's the scoop? Where's the touchstone? Like they don't even like exchange pleasantries. They're kind of just like, where is it? Yeah. And he of course denies it. Um, he's guaranteed that the second gate is under lock and key and it hasn't been used. It's ever since they came through it in Antarctica, it's been sealed up. And Jack is like, okay, well just show us then like take us to it and show us like what harm can it do if it's as secure as you say it is. So they go, it's like, it's just in this giant hangar all by itself, this massive crate and it's like laying on its side and it appears to, to be in the crate. They open it up, but it's made of plastic, which leads me to ask the question, who made it? Who made the giant plastic Stargate? Right. 3D printing was not a thing at that right. point, right? Who, who got a mold who? of the first one? I need to know. And they commissioned some random artist and like, okay, we need you to sign this NDA, the government secrets. <laughs> like, uh, questions. Uh, so um, many. And Mayborn seems surprised. And he states that this is the gate that they brought back. Like, this is this is what it is. So we have this interaction. Okay. O'Neal, Mayborn, Daniel. I'll be Daniel. I'll be O'Neal then. I will be Mayborn. Okay. So I don't know who is giving orders, Mayborn, but they better come from where the air is real thin. Is that a threat, Colonel? You tell me the punishment for losing a Stargate. That presumes there was no authorization to move the Stargate. So who authorized it? That's classified. We have the highest clearance. Within the military, you do. Are you telling me this is a civilian operation? Gentlemen, Colonel O'Neill and his people need an escort back to their vehicle. Who's pulling the strings, Mayborn? Take a piece of advice, Jack. Let this one drop. Drop it? Please. Don't make these gentlemen have to get disrespectful. (laughs) So it was so interesting because I couldn't remember, but he was so convincing to me because he almost looks scared. Mm -hmm. He's like, what are you talking? What? That's what they brought back? Like, oh, shit. But then in this conversation, (sighs) that's when he flips and he drops it. And it's like, oh, you do know what's going on, you slime ball. Like, so I thought I was I I couldn't remember. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yes, I, I remember now. So this is where it's confirmed that it's like a civilian operation, which, again, is so weird to me. It makes me it's I I don't fully understand it. It's weird to think that like who I I just don't get it. Like what? How can a civilian operation order the military around? It's strange. Um, Money. Yeah. And also there are some things that need to be civilians so they don't have to go through the government red tapes 
Like mm. it, I, a sidebar, but just let me talk to you about NASA at some point and why it, a lot of our space stuff moved away from NASA and into other places. Because hmm. take away the government oversight on certain things, civilians stuff can get done differently. So Interesting. anyway, okay. hanging well, on your Politicians Depend- also, politicians yeah. are civilians. Like yeah, yeah. the right. higher up politicians yep. are pulling strings. Yep. So. Yeah. So Hammond, they're back at the SGC, and Hammond says we're operating under a virtual blackout. No one will confirm or deny a thing. So they're being locked out. They have no idea what's going on. No one is answering anyone's calls. No one's answering anyone's questions. They're being completely blocked out. Mm -hmm. Um, The strange weather on Earth, though, has ceased, and they conclude that whoever has it either found a way to shut it off or found out how it works and they can control it. Um, So instead of focusing on where the touchstone is, they focus on tracking the gate instead um, and then hoping it will lead them to the touchstone. Um, and Jack, like, he had this funny moment where he's like, uh, how we do that? Just, like, put out a bolo or, or an APB <laughs> or whatever. It's like, you know, a big giant circle with 39 <laughs> little pictures. Um, <laughs> it's just the way he said it. So, well, we have Carter, Teal'c, Daniel and some Hammond. I can um, be Daniel and Teal. I'll just be, I can be Daniel. Okay, I'll do Teal and the one Hammond line. Okay, cool. We use our gate to go to Madrona, then do a quick 180 and return through the second gate here on Earth. Captain Carter, if one were to input Earth's coordinates on the Madrona dialing device, he would be sent back to the gate on this facility. You would, unless you intentionally overpower the gate. Of course. The way the wormhole arced to send the two of you to the other gate. We just have to duplicate those conditions. As you may recall, it was a minor miracle that either of you survived that incident. What if we use the MALP robot? Perfect. The GPS could give us an exact position as soon as the MALP made it through. So the plan works. They execute the plan. They send the map through back through the gate and it goes to the second Stargate. It appears to be in this warehouse and then like a very like Noir hand <laughs> comes out and shoots the map <laughs> and Sam can only narrow down that it is somewhere in southern Utah. So Hammond meets up with his last informant um and he gets the tip that there is a pickup scheduled for somewhere mm-hmm. in southern utah and they find the the base or whatever so then there hammond is like okay you're going to go there and you're mm-hmm. going to like see what you can find and they have this exchange between hammond carter well jack jack was in there too but it's basically hammond carter and jack um do you guys want to read that uh yeah, yeah. um you want me to be Hammond or do you want to be Hammond? You pick. I'll be Carter. Okay, I'll be Hammond. Okay. Um, one other thing, Colonel. We don't know if the people who took the gate and the touchstone are friend or foe. Therefore, under no condition are you to fire on them. Understood? What if they fire on us, sir? Then you are to take cover. Do not return fire unless it's the only option remaining in order to defend yourselves. Those are my orders, Colonel. We're already going way out on a limb on this one. I don't want my people mortally wounding another American who may just be following orders. Understood? I thought this was so interesting. How it's like Mm -hmm. they pick and choose who to be careful for. Because you can't tell me, like, if this was any other, like, if it was somebody on another planet, an alien race, that they would offer them the same, Yeah, you know... It's, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like yeah. When you see like the way that these government agencies interact with each other, it's it's so bizarre. How right? But like here on at least on Earth in the U.S., they'd have to answer for it to the person's family. There's military protocol. They'd have to like go through more red tape. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're on another planet. They could be like, "Peace out, bye. (laughs) We don't live here." So yeah, I, so they they go. They, there's lots of like the hand movements, and they're like use you know whatever. <laughs> they they find the men. They find men in this hangar, and they confronted them. Someone is able to dial the gate, and the men escape. 
but they're able to at least prevent them from taking the touchstone with them. Um, one of them like does a swan dive through the gate, and I'm like, <laughs> damn, that must have hurt coming out the other end, guy. Like you really. <laughs> But, at the, you know, like, yeah. you're trying to escape, like, you're not going to gently step through, like, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> um, they return the touchstone and the conditions on Madrona immediately improve and some sick, like, CGI triangles <laughs> fly out and it's ooh, mystical and shit. Hey, it was like high tech back then. All right. It was yeah. Super cool. And, like, the, <laughs> there's the shot where they, like, open the doors and, like, you know, where it had been just, like, a raging blizzard with lightning and whatnot five minutes ago. Now it's just, like, this beautiful CGI landscape with sunshine and rainbows and, like, a moon <laughs> in the background. Um, so back at the SGC, though, Hammond is still in the dark about what happened and... The investigation was taken out of his hands. They don't know, and they won't yep. know, and they're being like blocked out of everything. Mm -hmm. So there's this conversation they have. Okay. Um, I'll be O'Neill. Um, Hammond I'll, and Carter. I'll be Hammond. So O'Neill says, "Great, this could all happen again, huh?" No, Colonel. This time, I was able to ensure that our Stargate will be the only one in use. Sir, the second Stargate is being retired. Um, sorry, hold on. My notes just jumped. So one second. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, only this time there will be a permanent iris welded over it, and it will be placed under round-the-clock guard under the command of the SGC, my command. No lying and deceit, smoke and mirrors. You'll be there for yourself. You'll be there yourself. I cannot fucking talk. <laughs> All of you will when they put it away for good. So they attend. It's like this weird. It feels like a ceremony. Yeah. Where they're like attending to like witness the closing down of the Stargates. And it's in the crate and like it's being welded over. And the final interaction this episode is between Jack and Mayborn. And Jack mm -hmm. says, this puts you out of a job, Mayborn. And Mayborn is smug and slimy as ever. He says, you'd be surprised. Strange things happen in high places, Colonel. People get reassigned. So does property. Artifacts get misplaced. Orders change. Every day is a new day. And he walks away and the episode fades out. So it implies that there is more to come. They're so not much done. more. Who knows if this is even the real Stargate that they're welding over? Like, don't know. It's very much heavily implied of like this. This this whole thing could just be a farce. You don't know. Like, mm -hmm, did you? Mm -hmm. You know. So, the main gripe that I have with this episode is how. And I'm going to try and choose my words carefully, but like how the military is portrayed because if you don't know stargate is a show that had a lot of in like the the military the air force had a lot mm -hmm. of influence on how it was created they offered a lot of um input and advice and it gave them a lot of access to the uniforms to make them accurate like insight on how things actually work but the showrunners had to do very specific things to maintain the support of the U.S. Air Force. They weren't allowed to say certain things. They weren't allowed. Mm -hmm. That's like one of the whole reasons why Sam and Jack couldn't be together because the real Air Force was like, nope, sorry, like not allowed. Um, they yeah. had input on like the haircuts, like what was regulation haircut and whatnot. So it makes me think, had the U.S. Air Force not been so involved in the show, would they have they would have been able to portray the military in a different light because it was very much the feeling of like oh we're like we're the good guys and we're making all the morally right decisions but at the end of the day we all know that our military has made some really shady and fucked up choices and it's yeah. like you're telling me that they wouldn't just go take whatever they want and be on a mission to like, like at the end of the day, the military is out for right the country, but also realize like the time 
the decade that this was made in is like pre 9-11 still mm-hmm. pre all Iraq, pre all of that. So our relationship or emotional attachment to military, yes, was very basic at that time. And like, I think as a consumer of that show, I don't think you, there wasn't a like need for like this heavy military feel or this heavy, whatever, but um, I don't think people were even open-minded to the faults of military. So I think to like portray like that the military could do wrong is like hard to do on a show. I don't know that that would have been super well received. Um, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say about it, but I'm just trying I to s- think about like that time frame, like right. pre nine 11, which is like a right. whole, whole different vibe. Right. Because now people have a lot of strong feelings about the military mm-hmm. um, in, in all respects, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. And I think that there's a way that they could have been a little more critical of the military without being disrespectful. You can criticize something and question something and portray it in maybe just a little more of a gray area without being disrespectful. So let me ask you this question. Where in the episode are there specific spots where you feel like they could have done it differently or you just think the overall tone? The fact that they make this like hard line between like Hammond and his side of, of the Air Force and the SGC program mm-hmm. being like, oh, I'm in the dark. I don't know what's happening. Right. Instead of where they've done in episodes before where Hammond has kind of known things that were going on. Like they right. kind Here of. It's, yeah. Like the very last episode we did. He, yeah. he was basically like, fuck them people. Take shit for yeah. ourselves. Yeah. So, and in this one, it's like they're they're consciously making that divide. So it's like, look, these are your good guys. Like these mm-hmm. are over here. These are your good guys. Instead of what Sarah's talking about of having like a more gray area, which I like when Hammond gets those opportunities to be like, these are my orders. I don't like them. But like right. you get to see more of that on an individual level. These are human beings and people versus the military machine, you know? Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm going back to his his kind of speech about back when the SG program began, there was a philosophical skirmish about mm. its mandate. Some people wanted to make sure that any and all discoveries were brought back regardless of considerations of interplanetary diplomacy. So that's where that divide is. Some people were like, fuck, fuck all those other people. Take take stuff for ourselves. And who cares about diplomacy? But it's painting like the good side one out, the people that want to do good and be diplomatic and and not steal or or harm other cultures. But yeah. we know, like, open a history book. We know that we have a history of doing the exact opposite of that. I'd, so I do got, think Christina, Christina's point about 9-11 pre and post 9-11 and we're mm-hmm. in the rose colored glasses of the 90s still like yes. where you know we didn't even talk back in like when I was in school about why are my textbooks not telling me everything you know like yeah. that was not really well because it's also something. like pre internet the way that we yeah. have it now there we didn't know that there was so much yeah. we didn't know we we're didn't know, in like, the information it, age now so mm-hmm, it's like yeah we are just naturally more critical and that therefore our entertainment is as well, you know, like, mm-hmm. like Battlestar coming new Battlestar coming as soon as, as close as it did off of nine 11 and everything that it talks about in, in like mm-hmm. obvious relationship to nine 11 among other things is a per is a good example of like that post 9-11 maybe sgu too a little bit yeah, you know? yeah. oh so, yeah for sure there's the the tonal shift after yeah. 9-11 in media was i think massive. that willingness to be more critical is a real big part of that too and like right. back in the 90s we still wanted to have our heroes and like we were very less anti-hero than we are today i feel like <laughs> you know we're, we're extremely skeptical of heroes and often are more empathetic to villains in a way of like trying to find a balance between the two of like why are they the villain did something happen to them did the hero wrong them what's the what's the opposite of this like mm-hmm. are we or do we just believe what you're what, like i feel like if you tell me someone's a hero i'm going to go prove it like, right prove it to me i don't so just take like- you at your word I feel like there's a good chunk of that going on with that 
too. And, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure the Air Force also was like, keep us in a good light, you know, but oh, um, for we'll sure. pull our support for the right. show. And but I don't think don't... it was the only factor in some like an episode like this. I think they're having that like, oh, good versus evil sort of thing. Right. Like they want to set that up. So but the Air Force did have the power to veto like they vetoed a joke about Area 51. I don't know what it was or where it was, but that that <laughs> like, you know, like mm-hmm. they did have pull when it came to what made it in the show and what didn't um but and i had a train of thought that i just lost but it i i have like people it's nothing about individuals who join the armed forces to be clear individuals who join the armed forces do it for good reasons they want to serve Mm -hmm. they want to better themselves get an education like you know they do it for good reasons it's the institution as a whole that is pulling all of these strings and making all of these bad things happen. Um, yeah, but I think it's interesting they bring up, though, the the truth, though, is that a lot of times also in a civilian situation, like these other things are equally as powerful. And I don't think people always realize there are other powerful avenues in government that mm-hmm. are not military that are pulling well, strings I that mean, there's a balance somebody's of. making the decision for where the military goes like the top exactly. military people are not the ones deciding i'm gonna go here and do this thing like that's your elected officials you know correct which is so, civilians and they have vested interest in mm-hmm. certain correct. industries mm-hmm. yep um so there's so, this whole thing so i do i do like that this episode does as much as i agree with your points. I also do like, though, that it does kind of divide this good and evil because it's necessary for later on in the show, but it does point out that you know, I, there there are other evil things that are that are out there. I was Lots saying hi to Luna. She's so cute. She never <laughs> comes around. I know. She never they, hangs again, out. they don't bother with me at all during the day, but when I'm doing stuff, then they don't want to be all friendly and nice. No. Well, Scary's just been sleeping quietly right there. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of like my only, and again, like if we were to get new Stargate, I would hope that they would look at it in more of a gray, like instead of it, these are the good guys and these are the bad guys and the good guys are always morally correct and making the right choices and doing the right thing for good mm-hmm. things in, instead of showing it in a more nuanced and gray yeah. light. Because that's how the world is. Yeah. Like we're so far past the point of like good and evil and that is good is always correct and right and evil is wrong and bad and nasty like we're so far past that point we want more complex nuanced stories i love it when like my favorite character that i love in a show or whatever movie these days like makes Mm -hmm. a heinously wrong decision but it's so human that it makes sense you know yeah like oh you are you're written really well because you're written like a human because humans make mistakes and they do things that are bad ideas um yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like again, like we, I want things that make us question the status quo, question what goes on. Like nobody wants to just be fed the same old story over and over again that sunshine and rainbows and like doesn't make you think. Like some of the most some of the movies and tv shows that have stuck with me the most like fucked me up for days afterward where it's like Mm -hmm. i can't this is i cannot stop thinking about this like oh my god like that's still like i can't stop thinking about it and that's that's what i want like something that's forgettable like there's so many things that i've consumed and watched i was like i forget about it almost immediately it's Mm -hmm. the ones that are like that was like fucked up or wow that like made me question something that was so ingrained in me from society or it made me question like a core belief or value that I had and like kind of turned my world upside down for a day. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Stargate could have like, if, if Stargate existed in today, today's world of, of television and how it's gone today, it could do that again. 100,000%. It could totally do that. For oh, sure. So for sure. That's why the bar for is sure. so high for me. When it comes to new Stargate, 
Um, <laughs> just maybe ask Brad to send you the script that's apparently out there. See if For you real. Get some eyes on that. <laughs> People like, like, I'm just sorry. Like, <laughs> I, need to, I need to approve of this first. Thank you. Yeah. So that, I love that it. was my my like hot take for this episode was like yeah. they were a little too kind to yeah. the military of like how they were they're the good guys and they're the morally right choices and they chose the good people to represent the SGC and the evil people are now the ones behind the heinous right. thievery <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so I like it. That was pretty good. It's a really simple episode. I don't really have anything else on it. No. No, nope. it's like pretty straightforward. <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, it could yeah. almost it could almost exist as one of our two two episode episodes. Yeah, if not for the episode coming up after. Exactly, she needs an so. episode of her own. <laughs> she does. She does. She's a big. So, she's gonna be a big beefy. What do we have coming up now that we talk about it? The fifth race. There baby. we go. Ah, the best. Such That's a good where, one. This is. It's truly where the show opens itself up. Yep. To, yep. to like that's where I feel like that's where it truly came into its own. Um and that yeah. that is an episode where it's like, whoa, like I'm not gonna forget about this one anytime soon. Like I'm gonna be thinking about this one for a while. Yep. yep. For sure. So we'll yeah, get to recording on. that episode as we can. <laughs> yes. As we <laughs> because can because we it deserves it deserves its time and consideration. Absolutely. So correct you yes. get it at we'll some get point. it out <laughs> we will we will all right who's closing who's closing the iris whose turn is it oh shit i think it's my turn it I is i did last time anything ah, i normally try and prepare something Ooh, um i got one you want me to go yeah go go for okay. it okay stay of execution for me thank yeah. you <laughs> this is mayborn guys people get reassigned so does property artifacts get misplaced orders change every day's a new day and we're going to close the iris. Permanently weld that Permanently. shit closed. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it's the plastic one. Plastic.